morning and welcome to the Astrology Oddcast. I am re-recording this because the live session wasn't recorded, which is interesting, isn't it, as a, as a spiritual lesson? Because when you hand over control to other people, you, you have to go, okay, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. Don't want to be interfering. You know, don't want to be annoying. And then this happens and you're like, do you know what? You've just got to take control. And I've got a few decisions in the pipeline at the moment where people are like, oh, you know, come on, don't be like that. Um, you've just got to let other people lead. But in my experience, it's always a mistake. <laughs> but not always, not always. Like, I don't want to sound like some kind of wounded lunatic control freak, but it's about your magic. It, this is about your Saturn, you, you protecting you because no one is going to protect you like, you maybe your parents you know but ultimately we're all adults now and we and we've got to make our own decisions and we've got to go by our own gut and people have become a bit compliant now this is a separate issue but one that I've seen discussed on Instagram and probably um the new one threads <laughs> about society becoming accepting because I did an Instagram story this week where I was in yoga and some maniac who's probably been on too many tantra courses thought that they could go, mm, mm, all the way through class, which I was like, you know what? If they're releasing, don't don't be controlling. You know, it's in yoga. Just allow it. Allow everybody to do their thing. And, you know, maybe releasing and we don't want to be repressed. The feminine has been repressed and we should be allowed to make noises and be natural. We don't want to be British about it. But then it came to Shavasana, which is where you let go of the breathing. You let go, you let go, you let go. That's that's what Shavasana is. And this person wasn't letting go in Shavasana. They were continuing with their pleasure noises. And I was just like, shh, because... It, this was this was stupidity. Now, I've, I remember having this debate with Charlie Kelly, who was a yoga teacher, weirdly, at Tower Bridge for ages when I first moved in here. And he was saying, you know, he got a, he got some. I don't know if he got a coffee or this was my story, but he was like he, he they got the wrong order. And instead of complaining and changing it, he just accepted it. And I remember thinking, well, that's stupid. You know, if I've ordered something and someone gives me the wrong order, I'm going to tell them. That doesn't make me not a yogi. It just makes me in control of life and sort of interacting with life. You don't have to be a dick about it. You don't have to, like, swear at people and say, oh, you fucked up my order. You just have to say, excuse me, <laughs> could you please change this? Thank you very much. And... As a society, like, why was I the only person in a room of 20 who told this person to shut up? Like, maybe, that you know, it's good that we don't live in a world of loads of natural leaders because we can't have everybody leading. That doesn't work. Too many cooks. But with other things, with, with the pandemic, with wearing masks, with... Um, oh, decisions by the, from the government, with, with just... I mean, the pandemic for me was the major, major revelation of like, wow, people just ex accept everything they're told. Like, what? <laughs> what? I, I don't get it. Like, how? Why, why aren't people asking questions? Why aren't we asking questions? Why don't we say, you know, I don't think this makes sense. There's not enough collective pushback. And 
is that new or has it always been the way? That's what sort of, that's where my question is. In, 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 in people just speaking up and saying what they feel is right, but maybe, yeah, the sheep, I don't know. I really don't know. I think about it. I look at history. When I was young, it was the same. And I always thought it was because I was just a massive telly addict. I watched Home and Away, Neighbours, EastEnders, Coronation Street, Brookside, Emmerdale, all of them from the age of like four to 15, probably three hours telly a night. And it's quite ironic because I don't watch telly anymore. I, I like did my fill of telly. But I learned a lot about people and relationships through seeing all of these dynamics. I remember seeing teenagers rebel. You know, the same storylines repeat through all these soaps. And I remember when I got to 15 thinking, have these idiots not watched the, the soaps? Have they not seen that they're just being a cliche? That it, I always found that really baffling. But here we are. And I don't really know where to go with that. I'm looking at a plane flying. <laughs> Flying free, maybe that's the synchronicity. The sky is very blue and beautiful, and that plane is just gliding along. So yeah, maybe maybe people are just gliding, and and we don't want resistance. But we are what we are. I've was look, also been looking at photos of well, because when I was at home at the weekend, Mum's got all the baby photos out all the time because it's like, you know, she's now a grandma and she's looking at what we look like when we we're young and you know everyone's been compared or not compared like who looks similar to who whatever and there's all these pictures of when my sister was a baby and me just being in control and it's like it really you know being the eldest sibling it is a thing people you know we talk about it and I'm not just the eldest sibling I'm the eldest cousin I've assumed responsibility from such a young age and I guess it's just it's just woven in now and so I'm just, I'm just, that's who I am. And I guess that's why I'm always going to speak out and speak up because it's, it's who I've always been. Annoying big sister <laughs> and big cousin. So there we go. I'm annoying from birthright, but also in control and fine with being in control. But big but, Saturn, my Saturn is 22 Scorpio and Uranus in the sky has just got to 22 Taurus. It's an opposition. And this Saturn is just being blown up. And it's really destabilizing, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I feel like the event that I did on Tuesday, I, was, I spoke to some people after, after it, and I was like, you know what? I just feel so ready to go to the Maldives and travel and do all these things. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of routine. I'm tired of working. And it's not... I think I am physically tired, but also it's an emotional sort of writing my newsletter, doing events, seeing clients, being on that train. I've been on the train for years and years and years. And obviously I had a little little kind of interludes in different shapes and forms. But there is definitely this Uranian, Uranus rules Aquarius, Uranus is the rug puller, the planet of freedom, the planet that rules air travel, interestingly, when I saw that plane flying above. It's just this just rug pull of like I'm, I'm just going to throw everything up in the air and see what happens when it all lands that's kind of what's happening and it's strange to be going around London and walking around and thinking oh you know this th I'm finally going finally 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 going and I live on my satin line here in London on my astrocartography astrocartography is like where you put your chart across the globe and certain planets are 
prominent. I've got a very prominent Saturn here in London. And finally, Ofsky. And with Uranus, often we come back. You know, Uranus isn't permanent. That's the advice I remember Franco was saying is pack your bags or have your bags packed and go, but like don't sell the house. Understand that you, this urge for freedom is temporary. And so when I, you know, when I see this with clients and very often they want to, to be honest, to be honest, the majority of Uranus transits I've seen with my clients is they have left their partner for good. I very rarely see them go back, but the, there will be there will be some level of going back and talking about it and rethinking it, but usually they're going. I have seen a lot of Uranus on the descendant of people moving house, just moving out of the city into, into nature, Uranus and Taurus, which confused me, actually. I found that quite interesting, and I still don't understand... I guess the symbolic need for space is is met in having a bigger house and a bigger garden. It's you, you're literally literally getting more space from your partner because you're not living on top of them in a smaller accommodation in London, and you move out, and it's like, oh, we can breathe now. We the, the partnership needed space, but so because that's not what you'd expect. Uranus on the seventh, it's directly to do with your one-to-one relationships but I guess the relationship dynamics change when people leave London and there's more commuting and there is literally more space between a couple to be continued it's it's an observation that's the the joy of doing client work and the importance of doing one-to-one client work always is the continuing education because really you only learn through talking to your clients and your own chart, of course, and your family and friends. and But it is through applying astrology that you get it. And it's such a joy. It's such a joy to be, wait, I'm moving. I'm in bed. Did I tell you I was in bed? I just couldn't be bothered to sit at that uncomfortable bloody chair. But it's so early. I thought, oh, my God, I can clamp my mic to my bedside table. And we could be off. And no one will know unless you tell them. I'm so comfy. Can you hear that I'm comfy? <laughs> Do I sound comfier than usual? Because I am. And I'm away for three days now, so I don't feel bad about being in my bed. Because, um, you know, my bed's going to get a nice work break. Do you get that? Do you ever work from bed and then the bed gets all hot and you just kind of ruin bed for yourself? I will only work from bed if I'm going away for a few days so that the energy will be gone by the time I get back. Anyway, yeah, so the continuing education with astrology is fun. It's like, you know, when kid, when you're young, and you have games and whatever the, whatever you're into, whether it was coloring in or doing this or doing that, the joy of astrology, it feels the same. It's, it's a game. It's an experience of putting patterns together and seeing what comes out and, and it's, and it works. And when you look at your own life and when I look at my clients' lives and I see, okay, how is this working for you? What, what might you expect? It's so satisfying. Okay. Rant, not rant. That wasn't a run. It was a story. And it's because I'm so comfortable. <laughs> so comfy that I could just kick back. Wait, moving. Can you hear that? <laughs> I'm kicking back and just just telling a story, drinking tea. 6 a.m. Off we go. No, oh, the builders are nearly done. It's I went down. They're such nice guys. Again, it's it's control, isn't it? No, no one else in the building I live in knew what was going on outside. Like the people, like the people who own it hadn't fed back to us so I'm like I went out and had a chat with the builders and was like how much longer are you going to be here because I'd already done that obviously and they lied (laughs) they're like oh we'll be done next Wednesday but apparently they had a lot of supply chain issues anyway I had a good chat with Aiden 
he's a Capricorn. And um, yeah, he was like, yeah, I bet that was a good Monday morning soaring metal. I was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not ideal. <laughs> I'll give you that. But at festival weekend, I'm really tired. And I woke up at eight, like, <laughs> like so the noise was the worst noise. And it's very strange. They built a cafe, but it's in our gated courtyard. So I said to him, the, the guys who own this business, I don't get it. <laughs> I've, you know, I've lived here for two and a half years and there's a cafe downstairs and it's not very successful and it sells rubbish pastries and no good food. And they're always sacking the staff. The, the baristas are always getting sacked. And I was, it's like, that's not the barista's fault that your shop is shit. <laughs> I've said to them before, tell them to talk to me. Like, we've got ideas, all of us who live here. We, we know what needs to be done. But obviously they just fancy themselves as owning a coffee shop and don't have budget issues. I don't get it. Anyway, God, I'm doing a lot of ranting. <laughs> Uranus is on my Saturn. <laughs> That's what it is. I, also, I have been thinking, you do, I have a Sun Uranus. I'm a Sun Uranus native, yeah. So Uranus is this planet of freedom and being outspoken and, and being very authentic and seeing patterns and being quite kind of Aquarian and ideas focused and just very upfront, direct, out of the box, maverick, doing things differently, looking to the future, being an astrologer, you know, I'm Sun Uranus, astrologer, classic. Loads, of, it's a very astrologer thing to have because it, my son is my identity, but my identity is tied up in the collective and in, in, the, and in the future. And I listened to a podcast this week. Someone was saying that at their solar return, like three days before the solar return, they feel this warm, sunny feeling. They feel the sun coming back into their life and they feel warmed you know just in the days before their birthday like, I don't I feel ice ice cold sun uranus stress tension anxiety when I was young I was always ill on my birthday because I'd be so excited I would I'd get an upset stomach always and it's just it's just the because uranus is like kind of nervy on edge and yeah and I'm used to it because I I do have a sun uranus conjunction and I think that might touch wood support this Uranus transit because I'm very familiar with it. When we, when we have personal transits, the state of the planet in our own birth chart will explain or you know will decide how we experience the planet. Not decide, like right. If I've got, I'm I'm very familiar with Uranus. Obviously, it's tied up with my identity. I have a Sun Uranus conjunction. For no normal people, I'm going to use normal people because Uranus is about being abnormal. It's about doing things in the contrary way. So for normal people who don't have a strong Uranus, when Uranus comes along and pulls the rug, it's shocking. It's it's destabilizing it, things that they didn't expect to happen. And it's very stressful. We all have a Uranus in our chart, but do you know what I mean? Not a strong one. But I've, I'm very strongly Iranian. I'm used to change and like living in a community and going here, going there, doing this, doing that. So with Uranus on my moon, finally my moon and Saturn is, is in the same mood as my sun. So that inner conflict perhaps is dampened. And that's probably why I'm going because I'm a Sag. I should have been gone ages ago if my moon wasn't so stuck in the mud and heavy and stuck, basically just fixed here, routine, get up, go to yoga, get a coffee, do some work. <laughs> Taurus 
<laughs> you know, it's gone nowhere. Sat and my son's in the sixth. Work hard, do your just work, 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 work. And Uranus has come and said, just fuck it off. So yeah, he does. He swears. He swears. That's it. Okay. Right. This week, new moon in cancer is at 7:32 on Monday. And the nodes shift, the true node. I work with the mean node personally, which is changing today, I believe. Um but to the 13th, uh, but the true node shifts at 8.59 p.m. So I'm going to do an event on Monday at 6.37 TBC. Um, it's half price for everybody in the Cosmic Club, and it will be a new moon in Cancer, the new moon in Cancer nodal shift. So we've got the nodes which shift once every 18 months, and also the last time we had the, the North Node in Aries was probably nine, 18, 19 years ago. And then the new moon in cancer, the new moon in cancer happens every year, but this particular formulation is particularly interesting. And I'm kind of not relieved, but I'm not overly upset that the podcast from Tuesday wasn't saved, partly because the acoustics weren't great, partly because people kept asking questions that wouldn't have been picked up by the mic, and partly because it, it there was a lot of intense astrology. And because I was there with the crowd, and they were asking questions and we could keep on talking after the event. I did just, I didn't moderate myself in the same way that I would or that I do when I'm just talking to myself like this. Because when I'm talking to myself here, I'm going to bring in balance naturally. I'm not just going to scare the shit out of everyone. I'd be like, see you in a minute for a drink. <laughs> Which is kind of, I felt afterwards, but everyone was coming up to me being like, oh, you know, asking questions that, oh, right, whoops. So we're fine we're fine with that but the big deal is this cardinal ground cross cardinal signs are the first signs of zodiac the first signs of the season sorry aries yes aries is cardinal fire cancer is cardinal water capricorn is cardinal earth and libra is cardinal air sorry i switched the order and we have the south node going to 29 libra the north node going to 29 aries pluto still at 29 Capricorn and the sun is in cancer and surely we'll get to 29 cancer on the final day of cancer season and we've got I will talk about this more in the event like the the what 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 is the nodes what what is this nodal shift about what what tendencies do we want to cultivate what tendencies do we want to avoid obviously looking at the great gentabilis work on the nodes but what strikes me first is that we're looking at 29 degrees. So aside from the nose for the eight, for 18 months, this initial flash, this initial change, which remember last time this happened was January 2022 amidst financial turmoil when Venus was retrograde. And we also have Venus stationing retrograde on the 22nd. And Venus rules Libra and Venus rules Taurus. So we had the North Node move into Taurus in January 2022. We had Venus retrograde in Capricorn, financial Bitcoin mess. And here we are again. And we also have a yod to Venus. Okay. <laughs> Astro Do you know what I also became really aware of was my level of astrological chat. I am going to talk about planets, but I need to be less astrological, I think, because I want this to be for everyone. I'm going to mention planets like Mystic Meg mentioned planets, but I don't want to be using astrological terminology to explain everything. 
But a yard, oh, this is great. I've got my headrest back. <laughs> so good. This is Venus retrograde vibes. Anyway, so a yod is a really long pointy triangle in the chart, basically. You have two planets 60 degrees apart, so two signs apart, which is Pluto in Capricorn and Neptune in Pisces. And they are 60 degrees apart, nearly. Neptune's at like 26 or 7, I should tell you. 27 today and Pluto's at 29. So they are 88 degrees apart. And then we'll have Venus at 28 because that's where she stations. And ooh, it's just so potent. I mean, let me just look at the chart. Oh yeah, here we go. Saturday, the 22nd of July, we have Venus at 28. So she will be forming this in conjunct awkward aspect. So if you think about it, if you try and look at the circle, 28 Leo, 29 Capricorn. So that's five signs apart and they are forming uh, an inconjunct aspect. And then she's doing the same to Neptune. Venus at 28 Leo, Neptune at 27 Pisces. So they are, they are not, they're not opposite. They are five signs apart and they're forming this awkward aspect. And then Pluto and Neptune are sextile. And this is a yod, a yod to Venus. So anybody with planets, therefore... 27, 28, 29. I'm going to say of anything, because if you have, for instance, Chiron at 28 Taurus, then you've got Venus square, your your Chiron, and you've got Pluto trine your Chiron, and you've got Neptune semi-sextile your Chiron. Basically, if you've got a planet at 27, 28, or 29 of anything, it's going to be aspected by three planets, namely Venus, Neptune, and Pluto, and you will experience something. And the collective will also be involved because this is a big, strong aspect. So whether it affects you personally or, or it's something going on in the news, it's going to be there, very present. And on the 22nd, which is the day that Venus stations retrograde, the sun will also be at 29 it will be the final day of cancer season. So therefore we've got four planets plus the nodes. The nodes are also going to be at 29. <laughs> so there's just no way out. There's no way out. If you, Everybody is going to be feeling this, but those of us, I will include myself with, because I do have Venus at 28, no, 27. Um, um, yes, it, it's, it's a big shifting sand it's it's a clamp it's a vice it's intense venus venusian themes are going to be thrown up in the air money relationships values self-esteem i think money um particularly because this is i discussed this in the live pod the other day you know the node when the node shifts apparently it does affect the financial market somewhat and having a yod which is a finger of god a fated aspect like Boom, it's time. And Anne Bayford joined. She was there. She was one of the audience members at the Bingham. It was a beautiful evening, by the way. I mean, it's so good. I know Richmond's a pain in the ass to get to, particularly if you live in North London, but it's actually not that bad. Like, I think it was eight minutes from Clapham where I'd been for acupuncture, and then it was 22 minutes to Waterloo. 
which is fine. But and it's it's just such a beautiful place with the fire pit and they had frozen margaritas for everybody and frozen like non-alcoholic ones. And there was a nice charcuterie board and grazing plate and olive tapenade and breadsticks and lovely music and lovely people and their beautiful domes for the yoga. And when I got there, they were doing curtain and it's on the river and everybody sat outside. It's so it's like going to a wedding. It's just it's so magical there. It really is. Um, so hopefully we'll do we'll do more there. And maybe not a pod. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I think doing the pod there once was great to understand um how it would work. Like that was my first ever live pod. And for instance, if I do it again, I need a mic to give to the audience when they ask questions, otherwise it's shit. Because it, it would have been no good anyway. My friend um Jen said. God, I think of Heidi a few times during that podcast at how much editing she's going to have to do. So it's really not that bad that it didn't record because because of that. <laughs> the, you know, we had we had things. I did think, oh, I should probably re-record this anyway. So it's not the end of the world. But I am not going to do horoscopes again because I hate doing them. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to do them in the event on Monday as well. But also, the, the basic premise of the horoscopes, okay, is what I've just said. Everybody is going to is going to feel this intense energy next week because at the new moon, when the nodes shift on Monday, we're going to have North Node, South Node, Pluto at 29 degrees. And it's going to be really, really intense. Then we have the Yod aspect with Pluto and Neptune aspecting Venus and the, fin- the financial crunch, basically is what's interesting. And Anne Bayford was also saying, when she came up to speak, I invited her up to speak because she started commenting. I was like, come on, we need this on the mic. And she was talking about how she channels galactic beings and they keep telling her where's the money been hidden. Keep asking her, someone's hiding money. There's something going on with with money and in the financial system and money's being hidden. Well, my response to that was, war is the, the best way that I believe the American government hides or moves money. So the, again, don't quote me. I only get my political information from Instagram. Please feel free to just take this with a pinch of salt and go research it. But war is used for for rebalancing of financial systems, but also to be able to hide money, to get money out of a country if anything's dodgy is going on. And I had heard... I've read that about Afghanistan. I know who said it. It's Julian Assange. He he said that that's that's what that's why the states have war because it's they they're just able to move money and that's what's going on with Ukraine. The US have just set set up. It's not just what's going on with Ukraine. There's a war in Ukraine because Putin's like being a madman. But there is also like why the states are so involved. Again, top line top line information what i don't understand and i think what a lot of us don't understand is like is it just racism like how we abandoned syria but but with ukraine the the americans are all in like what is it just because it's russia i don't understand i really don't understand why the political motivation behind it are we supposed to know are we supposed to know everything because surely we're only told what they you know that what's fed to the media is surely only what they want us to know 
the political leaders? Do they want us to know everything? Are we supposed to know everything? These are questions. And I think these are important questions for Pluto square the nodes, because as we have the North Node in Aries, which actually also fits with my rant at the beginning of this pod, North Node in Aries, be more Aries, be more Mars, take, take leadership, be decisive, think for yourself, be entrepreneurial, take action, do it now, you know, be less patient and be less Libra, best be less, okay, whatever you think, be less accommodating, be less people pleasery, be less easygoing. Because is Libra easygoing or are they just wanting to keep the peace? And is that the same thing? <laughs> As somebody who always prefers honesty and awkward conversations over pretending things are okay, it's easy to be branded as difficult for being like that. But it's much more simple. It's less complicated than bitching because I see that you know people who are easygoing just then spending all of their behind the scenes time complaining about the other people that they've been nice to well I just think that's bollocks you know I'm not into that that's not that's not my vibe and of course we will complain a little bit we talk things through but I I like saying things to people that I'm to their face and so it doesn't always work People don't always appreciate it. I remember years ago, I was, I was in business. There was there was a load of us doing something in a group, and everyone was slagging this person off. And I and I just like had a really frank conversation with them and told them, like this is how I think this is what's going on. Like I really want to help you, and it it all gets no one thanks you for being the messenger, but I I just felt it was the right thing to do. I think in the end, in the end, it's okay. But you have to be able to withstand the fire, which is normally two years of being misunderstood. That's my rhythm or how the rhythm of my life has been, you know, generally for the past 15 years, 20 years. Yeah, that's by the by. <laughs> so with the North Node in Aries, um, that's what we're going to. We've got to be more decisive. At, but 29 degrees, here's my warning messages. 29 degrees Aries can be a bully. It can be an absolute must win at all costs competitive. Like you don't know what competition is until you see 29 degrees Aries. It's basically like a ruthlessness. How ruthless are you? How passionate are you about your goals? Are you being ruthless? Have you lost sense and perspective? Have you lost? I Because, you know, we had the eclipse at 29 Aries. And I remember writing that in cycles being like, you do actually want to have relationships with people. Are you, are you willing to ruin your relationships just so you can win? You know, that's one question. And then with the South Node at 29 Libra, how manipulative and codependent are you? I, is being nice to everyone a way to stay in control? It, it, you know, is being fake and passive and sweet, does that able enable you to keep fingers in every pies and get what you want? Like blowing smoke at someone's ass. And just being like, yeah, absolutely. But it's not real, you know, because that's life, isn't it? Relationships take communication and work. And there's a certain level of Aries in every relationship. It, that is the polarity. If To have a harmonious relationship, sometimes you have to have a bit of the Aries polarity is there. you got to have a bit of a punch up, you know, maybe a, a verbal one. But 
and that's I spoke about this on Instagram as well. I did a reel about it about I don't remember a month or so ago, maybe at the full moon in Sag it was. And I was saying, you know, all this therapy speak and always being balanced and always being a Libra and all saying, yeah, I hear you. It's good, but also it's fake. And that kind of passive, I'm a therapist. I never lose my call. You're just a Muppet. <laughs> it's really annoying. <laughs> and is it real? Yes, it's real. Because if somebody, if that's somebody's existence, then it's their reality. But do we not want to just have a little bit of ruthless, forthright honesty sometimes? Because that ultimately is, you know, repairing from conflict. And it doesn't have to be brutal, savage conflict, but it's it's raw and it's real. And then it helps the Libraness to bond. So there could be some thing around that over the next week 10 days for all of us in the collective in your relationships and your partnerships at work where there's a need to kind of boil down the potion and just render and and get the pure distilled truth reality and essence of your relationship boil it up instead of just this ultra diluted situation where everybody's being balanced and I don't know somebody messaged me when I posted that on Instagram saying my partner's a therapist and he just like when we when I get angry with him he, he just won't engage it's just it's kind of patronizing because it's almost the assumption that anger is only for the mentalist and a, a wise person would just always be able to talk everything through I don't know. Anger, anger has its place in Aristotle's virtue ethics, which is what I did my dissertation on. It was all about the golden mean. And, you know, anger, appropriate anger is, a, is virtuous when it's appropriate because always, always being balanced is then apathy, perhaps, in certain situations. Okay, bored of that. Bored. I'm not going to talk about last week because I did it already. <clears throat> so Wednesday we've done. Thursday's a bit late. Thursday, well, here we go. No, it's only 6 a.m. What time? Okay, so the 13th, we have the moon in Gemini, sextile Mercury, very chatty, lots of movement, very exciting, until the moon will then square Saturn. <laughs> and I think it's an early to bed. Early to bed Thursday. It's not a Thursday Thursday. If you do have a Thursday, th can't say it thirsty thursday if you do have a like party night let me know how did it go moon square saturn where was i oh yeah i went to see bruce bruce springsteen on thursday and the moon was in pisces conjunct saturn do you think we went to the pub after the gig as planned did we fuck no we did not <laughs> um tried to but I did have a wonderful, like, psychic moment. Like, obviously, there was a crowd of thousands, thousands of people. And I could just, I was on the phone to my friend. I was like, I can see you. Like, you're near me. He's like, oh, just meet later. I was like, no, I can tell you're near me now. And then just, like, 100 meters, like, I can see you. Turn around. And, yeah, it was them. So that was great. because It was kind of weird because I was just like, I know you're close. And I also know that we're not going to end up going to the pub. So if I don't see you now, I'm not going to see you. So Pisces, 
double tick. Pisces intuition, Pisces conjuncts, moon and Pisces conjuncts, Saturn, no pub. Tomorrow, the sun is forming. The sun will be at 22, basically. 22 degrees of Cancer and Uranus is at 22 Taurus. So we have a fun day tomorrow. Get out there, get on the road, see things, do things, be unpredictable, live your best life. 15th. The moon will enter Cancer eventually. First, she will square to Neptune. So it's quite a sensitive, romantic vibe on the 15th. On the 16th, the Cancer moon will trine Saturn and sextile Jupiter. So this is this is a bit, by the way, I realise where I was too astrological, but I hope you get something from it. We've got the moon in Cancer, which is sensitive, all about home and family. And t- currently today, the 13th and 14th, we have the moon in Gemini. So a lot of air, a lot of chat, a lot of conversation, a lot of movement, a lot of catching up on the goss. When the moon moves into cancer, we're much more feeling romantic. We're like, oh, so pleased to be with the people we're with. And if we're not with the people we want to be with, maybe we make the move to go and see them, particularly on Sunday. Saturn, let's manifest that connection. Jupiter, let's go. Let's let's make it, let's feel secure. Let's feel loved you know it's it's very nice they are harmonious aspects we somehow make the effort to bring things together on sunday monday's a new moon and the snowdle shift which is pretty massive i do think it's going to be this is what we spent a lot of time talking about at the event and but i'm just going to redo it properly on monday i wasn't going to do monday because i've got to be at this I'm at wedding <laughs> friday saturday it's like am i going to be ready but I've got I've got all of Monday to prep it and I do think it's an important enough astrological event for us to sort of just get together go through what everybody experienced over the weekend because as well there's one thing talking about the new moon now on Thursday but I think talking about the new moon on Monday when I've seen the weekend unravel whatever you know whatever happens happens but there's always normally one kind of conversational story that goes oh yeah that's what that's what this new moon's about or that's what this full moon's about so yeah I think that's and for everyone to kind of reflect on what's going on because it is going to be an intense gear change unless unless I do caveat that unless I do this event on Tuesday simply because we will have experienced we will have experienced some of these shifts on Monday and I think we might actually be better placed on Tuesday. I am going to think about that. I might, I might poll everyone on Instagram because if the new moon isn't until half seven and the nodal shift isn't until eight, it's going to be Tuesday that we see the repercussions and maybe that people will have the need to talk about it a little bit more. On, the, on Tuesday morning, the moon moves to Leo. And is that right? Gemini Camps Leo, yes. And that's all I've got to say about that. Nice, you know, warm day. I think Tuesday 18th is, that's why actually I decided against Tuesday because I thought people would want to go out. <laughs> that's why I didn't do it. Yeah, I remember now. Because I think that moon in Leo, moon Mercury in Leo, Venus in Leo on Tuesday, I think that's I think that's quite sociable. Even though Tuesday night, um, Obviously, it's Tuesday. It's not a famous night for going out, but it just felt it just felt quite social. It felt quite fun to me. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if people want to be online. Maybe they do. Maybe maybe everybody wants to connect and discuss with with heart, with Leo energy. So other things we spoke about, no, notes I've taken, is, is this Pluto 
sextile Neptune, as I've already mentioned, this yod to Venus. And just reading my notes here. Basically, Pluto, sextile Neptune. Neptune erodes. Neptune rules Pisces. And we also have Saturn in Pisces. And there's a lot of water chat. I said Jeremy Corbyn yesterday was tweet not tweeting. What do we do now? Threading. Is that what we say? Threading. Um, about Thames water not being privatized or the other way around. And that's that's a very Pisces issue. And also some water seeped that the roof broke in a parliamentary building on Tuesday and flooded a, a, a an office space, a canteen. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Like the water, the flooding, the, the the Neptune. And Neptune does erode, slowly, slowly eroding. And when I was born, I must check the dates actually. Let's let's check the dates. Okay, it was from 1979 to 1999, Neptune was further out than Pluto in the orbit. So Pluto is the furthest planet in our solar system. But from 79 to 99, Neptune was further out, which means a lot of us have Neptune as the outermost planet in our birth chart. And because of the hierarchy of planets, that means that Neptune is therefore more potent for a lot of us. So these Neptune transits could be more potent for a lot of us. As I've already alluded to, the, the, the state of the planet in our own birth chart informs how we experience the planet. And so how do we experience Neptune as very powerful and very eroding? And Pluto might be demolishing and giving us a good old detox and getting rid of a lot of old corrupt Pluto and Capricorn hierarchy, the government, the media. Like it's just, I feel like more people, perhaps, this is what I hope, actually. It's not what I feel. This is what I hope, is that more people kind of, really understand that they have personal power and that with Pluto square the nodes at 29 degrees, Pluto square Aries and Pluto square Libra, that they don't realize that they don't have to believe political lies and that they can say bollocks to that. More people learning common law, more people understanding their rights, more people just understanding they were born free that we were all born free and equal. And yes, some people are born into royal families, but having unelected, essentially, leaders tell us what to do. It, yes, we need democracy. Yes, we need leadership. I'm not a complete anarchist. I understand, as I get said at the beginning of the podcast, there are natural leaders. Some people, a lot of people don't want to lead. And some people want to lead. But maybe the people who want to lead the most shouldn't be leading, just let let natural leaders lead was something that I really felt in 2020 and 2021. I've also noticed this with fame. And this was something I've been thinking about this morning. I must come back to this leadership um, thing that I'm talking about. But when I did the TV show, you know, I, I just want to be an astrologer and I want to talk about astrology as much as I can to as many people as possible. I'm not particularly interested in being famous or I say particularly because it was really interesting making a TV show, knowing I was making a TV show and thinking, oh God, this could really take off and I won't be able to talk to random strangers or like go swimming in Shoreditch House when everyone else is drinking. <laughs> and I'm the only one swimming. <laughs> so like backstroke, get my hair wet, being uncool. 
Like I won't be able to do these uncool things that I do all the time if if people recognize me. And I was like, oh, you know, I, was, I spent a lot of time thinking, like, what what would it be like if the TV show is massive? Anyway, it wasn't massive. I very, I only get recognized at festivals, <laughs> like Clapham. Um, and I'm still free, and I feel quite grateful for that actually, because on the one hand, it, I can't imagine. I still can't imagine what it'd be like to be super famous or just semi-famous or whatever. But it's nice not. It's nice I can just wander around being weird and talk to strangers. It's great. Great. And anyway, some people really want fame. And people who like support, some people who really supported me vanished when I did the TV show. And I've realized that perhaps this is an assumption. But some people really, really want attention and fame. They really want it. And I really fucked them off that I did a TV show. And that some, some, for some people, there will never be enough attention. They'll, they'll just never be enough. And they, they need to be in the limelight and they need to be seen and they just need attention. And I do feel sorry for that energy that's just hungry for applause. I, I, I don't envy that at all. And, you know, we've all got, there's lots of things I'd swap out. But oh, it's liberating. It is liberating to not be like that. And I think perhaps that translates also to power, that, that for some people there will just never be enough power. And because we can't relate to that, or maybe we've not understood it and not participated in it, we don't get it. And I do think like having, no, I didn't understand how hungry some people are for fame until I've kind of dip my toe in that world and seen it and felt it and experienced it firsthand like oh right I get it and because you hear people say all the time oh you know they just want power and I just you just think you know what <laughs> oh, okay fine what does that mean but for some people maybe maybe it's their inner child you know maybe it's their youth that there there is they feel impotent and they just need power more and more and more and more and they'll never be enough They'll never be enough in the same way that some people are going to have beauty treatments and beauty treatments and beauty treatments and beauty treatments because they'll never feel, feel attractive enough or they'll just keep shopping. Do you know what it? Do you know what I mean? Some people, it's just never going to end. The insecurity or the hunger is never going to stop. And so with Pluto square, the nodes make this more of a collective realization of like, this is bullshit. We don't need to buy into this. I need to Aries be independent and think for myself and this is part of Pluto's being in Aquarius and it's about the collective and people doing things together as a community but a community is made up of empowered individuals a community is not made is not the same as Capricorn leadership where there's a leader and people just following underneath you know that because that's not that's not community that's a fucking committee with a committee member leader who's just a twat have you ever been on a committee? Jesus, it's not, it's not the one. It's really not the one. And, and is a, a true committee, I guess, would be the Quakers who don't, don't make a decision until everyone in the room agrees. I mean, that's pretty slow. And a committee, is everyone getting a voice or are the committees that I've been on actually top-down structures masquerading as e equality? I do not know. And... With Pluto dancing between Aquarius and Capricorn, we are learning to be 
individual to understand our individual power and rights and and lay them down and start acting accordingly within because you know how we show up in our relationships how we show up at work it does affect personal is political and perhaps it's time for that something's gonna give and maybe if the financial system does experience some ripples and wobbles I've always said it's when their bank accounts you know when everyone's bank accounts get hit that that's when they'll wake up and by them I mean the comfortable middle class because those on either end have always been extreme anyway those in extreme poverty have, have generally voiceless and the super rich are generally very very powerful and the, the middle class are kind of asleep and comfortable but when the middle class and this is generalization obviously there's plenty of you know there's plenty of wide awake middle class people but when it wakes up that little bit more when there's a bit more pain financial pain and I think that's when that's when people start getting active and decisive and saying no and speaking out because other, when it comes to big pharma stuff everyone's like oh yeah fine do what you want absolutely sweet deal <laughs> because it doesn't really no one cares yeah, just get on with it don't worry about it can still go on holiday but if you can't go on holiday and you can't pay your mortgage, that's when people are going to stop caring about things. And and so it's going to be interesting. I don't know how this financial shift takes place, but it's surely happening. And watch this space. Keep watching Ivan on tech on YouTube. He's so great. I love him. And be safe out there. For me, I think it's very interesting that BlackRock have got this like Bitcoin ETF. I don't even know what an ETF is, but BlackRock are like pounding into crypto in the same way that MicroStrategy did in 2020, which was the beginning of the bull run. And Ivan is convinced that this is the beginning of a bull run. And with all these big financial institutions getting into crypto, particularly Bitcoin, like what is this? Is it a Trojan horse? Are they going to like pump and dump the market what's going on with legislation what's going on with the dollar what's going on with this gold-backed currency the the brick countries is it brick i think it is the the, the peter schiff shared a something on i presume instagram about the brick countries having a gold-backed currency because the, the dollar is pegged to fuck all fresh air and it's the usa's pluto return Particularly, we're looking at the eclipse, 14th of October. Pluto will be at 27, which is where the USA's Pluto is. And it's the, the eclipse is in Libra, which ruled by Venus, which is why this year is a love revolution, but love and money are both Venus. And we're looking at a revolution. It's 2023. I'm going to end there. <laughs> because I think this has gone on way too long because I'm comfortable. <laughs> but do join me on Monday or Tuesday whenever I do the event. I will, when I email this podcast out, I'll put a link to it. Um, I'll, I'm going to do a little poll on Instagram now and I'll say, when do you want the event Monday or Tuesday? Because, you know, Mondays people are in, but also people are knackered and don't know if they want to be online. But either way, it won't be long because we are all done with Zoom. Also, I need to get learned to predict out before I go to the Maldives and I'm fully aware of that, but I've been absolutely dead this week, sadly. You know, it's just the way it is. We are cyclical beings and... This week, I'm dead. 
my brain doesn't work keep doing stupid things got on the tube the wrong way yesterday I tried to go to Bond Street and I, I went to Stratford it's just like what so yeah I'm not I'm not I'm limiting <laughs> limiting what I do whilst I'm like this but next week I'll be I'll be firing on all cylinders so I'll just get everything sorted next week before um I have to like properly pack up and leave and go into a residency in the Maldives like someone I don't even know who am I who, who is that bitch right I'm gonna have another cup of tea now it is quarter quarter seven I might go to yoga at half seven look at that early bird catches the worm etc so yes event monday or tuesday learn to predict i'm going to do it as a bargain basement offer with a couple of q a's and just bish bash bosh because that's just how i want to do it and and what else anything else do i need to say nope nope i don't think so i'll do another pod next week and then i'll probably do one for the whole of august and that'll be it i do think i need to stop I do think that Uranus on my Saturn is just saying, stop working. And I think I, w- it, I will come back clearer, more focused and much more creative if I do stop for a bit. But we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, okay, right. Thanks for listening and see you next week. You have been listening to Francesca Oddi on the Astrology Oddcast. We have looked at the astrology of the week commencing the 14th of july and we will be back soon if you haven't subscribed please do i had a lot of people last week saying i didn't get the podcast but you know it's there so if you subscribed you should get it to you anyway and also it helps the rating so please also i get loads of dms loads and loads and loads of dms about everything i can't reply to all the dms it would be great if instead of dming me telling me you love the podcast that you you left a review that would be really helpful and yeah that would be lovely please do that thank you see you next week bye